Okay, we're learning Daf Kufyud Bays. We're starting from the bottom of Kufyud Alf and Bays, a few lines up. We're talking about the amazing fruits of the land of Israel. So the Gemara says, Rami Rechetzko ikla lebnei brak. Rami Rechetzko goes to bnei brak. Has not know easy? And he observes that there are goats, the ka'achan tusi te'eni. And these goats are eating under a te'ena. A te'ena is a fig tree. Kanatif duvsha mite'eni. And there is honey. Evidently, honey comes from, uh, there can be different sources of honey. So there can be honey which comes from figs. So he sees that the honey is dripping out of the figs. And the milk, while these goats, remember the goats are eating, the, are eating these things. So he sees that the milk is dripping out from their udders. So in other words, the goats have milk drip, dripping out from them. And there's honey oozing out from the figs that the goats are consuming. And then they, the two mix with one another. So the, the goat's milk is mixing with the honey from the figs. says, oh, Now I have lived to see fulfillment of what the Apostle says, that Israel is a land of flowing milk and honey. That's what it means. It means that there's going to be such goats which have so much of the milk flowing from them and the, uh, the honey oozing out from the figs that they're eating and such parachah. Says the Gemara, from the town of Lod until Ono is how far? Three mil. One time I went very early. I was walking in this honey, this fig honey, up until my ankles. So that's how that's how that's how much honey there was. I once saw the whole land in by around Sipori, which remember we learned about before. Rabbi was Nifter in Sipori, right? That whole thing. It's a town in the north of Israel. It's very clear air. So it was a land of flowing with milk and honey. But have a mil and a mil. It was a covered an area of sixteen mil by sixteen mil. That's a lot. It's a lot of miles. Says the Gemara. I once observed it. If you would want to put all the areas together, it would be like the area from Bein Mirsi until to Banki. Now that's a place in Bavel, so they were familiar with that. That's like saying, you know, from the distance of New York to Philadelphia. So for us, that would make sense. For them, that means how, that's how big it was. And then the Gemara defines how big it was. Es Vitarati Parsi, Orca, it was a length of 22 Parsas. It was a width of six Parsas. So every Parsa is four mil. So that's a really, really, really big amount of square mileage here for Zavas Chalav Devash. Says the Gemara of Chalav Ravivir of Rabbi Zerachanin Lahu Asr. They all went to a certain place. Aisul Kamayo Afarsika. The host brought out a peach, a farsik, a peach to eat. How big was this peach? Davaki Ilfas Kfarhino. It was as big as a frying pan used in Kfarhino. Says the Gemara, how big is that? How big is the Kfarhino frying pan? Says the Gemara, it fits five saw. So that's how large this one peach was, is that it had that amount of five saw in it. So what happened? They were able to put down a third of it. They were able to eat a third of this monstrous peach. So it's the giant peach, right? There's a book about the giant peach. Here is giant peach in the Gemara. So yeah, they were eight a third of the peach. They couldn't do it. What are they going to do with the rest? So they were mafkir a third of it. And then they, they gave their animals a third. Shana, the end of the year, Rabbi Lazar also, Rabbi Lazar went there. They also brought him a peach. But this time it wasn't big. He was able to hold the whole peach in one hand. Rabbi Lazar said, Eretz pri, that the curse is, that uh, they can, somebody can turn a fruitful land into a salty wasteland. Why is that? Because of the rob, because of the evil of the people, the way they act in it. So that's basically the point, is that um, there was a deterioration of the quality here and how big the fruits were. And the Eretz Yisrael always lives with that vacillation of the quality and the fruits depending on our actions. 
He saw clusters, so huge clusters, presumably kituf, a kituf is usually used by grapes. So he saw monstrous clusters of grapes and they, they were so big that he was looking at them from afar, they looked like a calf, like they looked like an animal. That's how large they were. So Omar, he said, there's calves amongst the grapevines. You know, they're going to eat up all the grapes. So those are the grapes, right? Those are clusters. Amar Shuvan Levi said, Eretz, Eretz, Achnitzi Perosayach, land, land, bring in your fruit. Let me out the Motzi Perosayach. Who are you producing the fruits for? What are you giving these big fruits for? At this time, Shuvan Levi, just to understand that, I mean, you know, he's living definitely after the Chorban. He's living right in the end of the Tanom as well. So he says to Eretz, he says, what are you making these fruits for? for the Arabs, and they're standing and oppressing us because of our sins. That's why these miracles are occurring, so that they should endure these fruits. So he was upset at the land, Rabbi Shuvah Levi. The Shana, the end of the year, Ikla Rabbi Chia went to that same location. Chazinu, he saw the clusters, Abakami be easy. So now they, 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 were, they were considerably smaller. Now they only look like goats as opposed to calves. So Amr Izim and Ikvan, Rabbi said, there are goats among the grapevines. So Amr Leh, Zil, go. Lo Sa'avid Don't do to us like your friend did. Meaning to say, they were afraid that Rabbi would continue and curse the land, just like Rabbi Shuvah Levi had done and produced a smaller size with the curse. So as soon as Rabbi commented that there were goats in the grape in, in the grape in the vineyard, they were nervous he was going to continue and say it should get even smaller than the, than the size of the goats. So they said, "Get out of here!" They didn't let him continue his comments. Says the Gemara Tana Rabbana, when Eretz Yisrael had brachos, meaning in the, in the time when Eretz Yisrael was 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 especially bountiful, beisah was a chamishis ribokorin, a beisah size of land. Now a beisah is um, the amount that that, that you would need to plant seeds that would fill a saw of that. So we always say in the Gemara, that's 50 yama by, by 50 yama, 25 inches of So not, I mean, it's a, it's a decent size, but not a crazy size. So if you have that size of a piece of land that was able to make chamesh's rebo, so that's five, that, that's five ten thousand. So what's five times 10,000? That, that's 50,000, yeah? So it can make 50,000 core, 50,000 core of fruit, which is a tremendous, tremendous amount. Wow, Okay. How do we get such a thing? Because we know that when Soan was, 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 was made, how much did, did, did you know, Soan is a place. And when they planted in Soan, Beisau was a Shivakar. A Beisau land was able to make 70 core. 70 core. That's what we know about the place of Tzohan. How do we know that? The Tanya says in the Bible, I'm a mayor. A mayor observes, I saw in the valley of Beisau one year, Beisau was a Shivakar, and Beisau produced 70 core. Now, Beisau is right outside of Eretz Israel. So, it can't be bad, so good. There's nothing better from all the other lands outside of Eretz Yisrael than, than, than Mitzrayim. So if Beit Shan, which is outside of Eretz Yisrael, can make 70 core, then certainly Tzohan, Tzohan is a land in Mitzrayim. Certainly Tzohan is able to make that amount of 70 core. How do we know that Mitzrayim is the most, like the best, most fertile land for planting? Shinemar, Kigan Hashem, Keretz Mitzrayim, right? We learned about that. That when Lot, when Lot wants to pick a place to live, so he sees how beautiful Sodom is, and um, it says it's like the Garden of Hashem, like the land of Mitzrayim. So there's a comparison there that, that the best place to live is either Israel and if not there, Mitzrayim. So, and so on, specifically in Mitzrayim, is the most superior region in Yerushalayim. That was the place where the kings of Egypt used to, used to, used to um, put, their, put their palaces. The It says that they were in Zoan. So we see Zoan is the best place Outside of Eretz Yisrael, Tzohan is going to be the best place. So it probably was able to produce even more than Beit Shan, but we could definitely say it could produce at least, 
as much as Beit Shan. So Remeir is saying, I saw Beit Shan outside of Israel producing 70 corn, a Beit saw. So certainly we could assume that a Beit saw in a place like Sohan, which is the most superior agricultural location outside of Israel, we could assume it at least made the 70 core amount as well. Okay, great. Now, all of Eretz Yisrael, the worst place for planting, the most rocky terrain would be Hebron. And how do we know it's Hebron? That's why we bury the dead there, right? That's the point. The reason why Hebron became a city of burial is because it's, it's the most infertile place. Nonetheless, Hebron is seven times as good, as, as fertile. You can build there seven times as much as Soan. How do we know that? That, the, you know, there's basically the best of Mitzrayim, Soan, is only equal to seven times less the worst of Israel. So if you a comparison between Hebron is the worst of Israel, planting-wise. And so on is the best of Mitzrayim planting-wise. And we're saying a Hebron is always seven times as good as so on. How do we know that? We have a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, The Pasuk says that Hebron was built seven years before so on Mitzrayim. So what does it mean, Nivnesal, that it was built? My Nivnesal. If you say that Hebron's literally built seven years before so on, it doesn't make sense. Evshar Adam, by the way, it's amazing. This is from this week's parasha. It's great to know this. So Evshar Adam Bona buys of Nokatam Kodushivan buys Gadol. Does anyone build a house for the younger son before the older son? So let's try to understand what the Gemara is saying. Who took Mitzrayim? Kinan, right? He would. Um, so that he. he so, I'm, I'm, so, so I'm sorry. Who took the? Um, I'm sorry. Tzoan was given to Mitzrayim. Kinan was given the Chevron. Right, so that Shenamar, as it says, So we see over there from the from the way the or the pasuk words it, we see that Canaan is younger than Cham. So it wouldn't make sense that Hebron is built before it's so on. If you follow chronological order about which son got which part first, it would make sense that if anything, um, the the part of Mitzrayim was built was built first. So how do we how do we understand this pasuk that is saying literally Hebron is built before so on? If it should be the opposite. It must mean that Hebron is seven times as good, as Mavuna, as built up, as fertile, then it's so on. That's what it's saying. So basically, we deduce from that Pasuk, B'derach Jirash, the symbol put on the Pasuk is that Hebron is built seven years before and so on. We say that chronologically it doesn't make sense. We say the Pasuk is really saying that Hebron is seven times as fertile, as build, that you can build up in Hebron seven times the amount that you could and so on. So now, let's go now put it all together here. Let's try it again. Reb Meir saw that in Beit Shan, a Beit saw was producing 70 core. Certainly in Mitzrayim, which is the best of Chutzlar, at Soan could make 70 core. And we know that Hebron is able to do seven times as much as that. So assuming Soan could make 70 core, Hebron could presumably make 490 core in a Beit saw because it's seven times as fertile. And that's applying to Eretz Yisrael's worst, most rocky terrain. Assuming that you're in a place where it's not a stony place, then certainly you could make 500 core. Now it's very interesting in the Gemara, that, that last little step. You went from Hebron being a rocky terrain, which it could make 490 cores. So presumably, if it's not a rocky terrain, then it can make at least 10 more. <laughs> it's like, you know, the, it's interesting that we add that at least 10, but that's where we get the 500 core. Now, this idea of 500 core, we still need 50,000 core, right? So that's all when it's not the years of blessing. This is just its core, its basic amount. What do we know about the time of Eretz Yisrael as like a special blessing? This is a pasuk by Yitzchak. And what did it produce? May Me'asha'arim, you know the neighborhood, but it's named after where Yitzchak plants in the lands of Israel, he develops in Israel, and it says that it, it, it produced a hundred times more than was normal. So, 
Basically, the concept that we're saying is that whatever, that, that's the times of bracha in Israel. The times of bracha in Israel, it's a hundred times more than normal. So now let's crunch the math. Let's go over it one more time. Rameir sees Beit Shan producing, producing uh, 70, 70, 70 core per Beisah. We know, therefore, that Soan Mitzrayim should be able to do at least that because Soan Mitzrayim is like the best of Chutzlaitz. We know that Hebron is able to do seven times as much as Mitzrayim. So that, that brings us to... Um, uh, that brings us to 490. So, Hebron is the worst, the most infertile part of Israel. So we assume in a better, more fertile part of Israel, it can at least do 10 more of 500. So. Now that's a stam amount, but if we multiply that by 100, then we get that magical number that we're looking with. 50,000 core in the times of blessing in Israel can be produced from one Beisha. So there we go. That's how that math comes out. Says the Gemara, Tanya, it says it by Amr Abiyosi. So Ab Yehuda Haisa Osa Khamashin, a saw of wheat harvesting Yehuda would be able uh, would be able to make five saw. So in other words, it's like it's like a, a time of bracha, that's what's able to do. So Kamach, if you have a saw of regular flour, saw saw so let's it will somehow end up with one saw of fine flour. Meaning normally you sift the flour, what happens? You have less volume than what you started with because you sifted it. But here somehow it wouldn't be that way. So Subin, if I have a saw of brand, saw morsin. Is a saw of course brand, the saw of kibura, and a saw of kibura, which is again different stages in, in how it used to be broken down and making the bread. But no matter how much you, you further refine it, it still stays the same amount. Continues the Gemara, there was once a tzeduki who said to Rabchanina, makes sense that you should say the praises of Eretz Yisrael, because one, there was once a base of land that was left to me by my father, this tzeduki claims, from that land I got oil, from that one I got wine, from there one I got grain, and, and uh, beans, Men rose Mcnasi, and I also have a place for my animals to graze. So, so even the tzeduki, is, is like that's the idea. Even the Tzaduki is admitting to it. He's saying, You guys know what you're talking about in praising Eretz Israel because I myself personally have experienced this. Amar Leh, who bar Morel of Eretz Israel, there was certain, a person from, um, from Emor who said to someone living in Israel, There's a date palm tree which is standing on the bank of the Jordan, right, the Yarden River. How many dates were you able to get from this date tree, right? So you have a palm tree, produces dates, and, and this person. The Amari is asking the Israeli, the Israeli how, much, how, much, how many dates were you able to get? So Amalei Shitan Kori, the Jew said, I was able to get 60 core of dates from the one tree. Amalei, the Amari said, No, you didn't even go into Eretz Yisrael, and Acharif uh, Tua, you've already destroyed it. Meaning to say that you're not even here that long, and you've actually messed things up. Why? Because the Amari guy says, and maybe the Amari guy is from is, is Rome. Usually you assume they go together. He says, you, We used to get... 120 core of dates from that tree. So you guys think you're something because you get 60. We used to get 120. I'm going to the Yid said back, I also really got 120. When I said we got 60, I meant from only one side. It's very interesting. He like didn't really tell him the full amount, but it turned out that actually he was getting just as much as the guy. All right, now we have another Pasuk. We're going to look at this famous idea. Pasuk from Yirmiya. The Gemara says, We're talking about Eretz Yisrael. So it's called the Eretz Chemda. It's a place everybody wants, but it's called an Eretz Svi, an inheritance of a deer. So why is it that Eretz Yisrael is, is, is called the land of a deer? What does is, what is a deer have to do with Eretz Yisrael? To tell you, we have different comparisons. Just as when it comes to the deer, the hide cannot hold its flesh. Basically, what happens is, is that after you take off the hide of a deer, it starts shrinking after it comes off. So therefore, the hide 
it, it holds it, but really it gets smaller, and the meat is much more. So too, there, there's so much produce, you can't really, like, even though the, like the hide is like the base land, and then the meat is all the produce that Eretz Yisrael makes, and, and the produce is much more than the, than the hide. Right? It's the fastest, the deer runs quickest. Eretz Yisrael is the quickest to make all of its fruits ripen. Maybe you'll say very good, it can run fat, it can run very fast, but it's not, right? You don't want a steak from a, from a deer. It's not the most fatty meat. Maybe it does it quickly, but the fruit is not, is not going to be rich. So it's richer than milk and sweeter than honey. And this is a different way. You know, before in the Gemara, we seem to be saying was like a literal thing with like, as we saw those goats, you know, touching the, the, the honey from the, from the figs. But now it seems like a little bit of a different shot. That it's saying the fruits. We're talking about the fruits. We're saying the fruits are richer than milk and sweeter than honey. That's the concept. Rabbi Lazar was it was Ocha to go to Eretz Yisrael. He said, "Now that I came to Eretz Yisrael, I've been saved from the one curse." When he got on Eretz Yisrael, now I've been saved from two of the curses. And when he was given a seat at the Soda Ibar, remember that's how they used to make the calculations for the moon and 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 and, and Rosh Chodesh and for the leap year, so on and so forth. When he was given a seat at that table, he said, Pazl mitas, I've been spared from all three curses. What curses are he t- is he talking about? So there seems to be, we're going to take a look at a Pazl King where there are curses given to those who don't go to Israel, those who don't get Smicha, and those who don't know Soda Ibar. The Pazl says, My hand will be against the prophets who are like false off. And then the Pazl goes on to say that that different things that they're going to be cut off from. They're not going to be in Kal Yisrael, not going to be recorded in Kal Yisrael, they're not going to go into Eretz Yisrael. So we look at it. So besoda Amilo Yu, they're not going to be in, in the soda, in the secrets of my nation, says Soda Iber. It's a curse that the bad of are not going to get to know the, the, the soydas of how to intercalculate all the years. They're not going to be written in the record of Kal Yisrael. This is Smicha, meaning they're not going to be ordained and given the document. They're not going to come into the land of Israel. That's a simple shot. So Rabbi Lazar was saying in a progression of his, you know, his career over here. He went to Israel, he got smicha, and then he got a seat at the table. So to Eber, he says, oh, I've been spared from all these curses that the Pasek and Yechazkel is talking about. Says the more, was going up to Israel. He was not able to find the ferry to cross. So in other words, he's trying to get to Israel, but he's encountering difficulty. So he holds on to a rope. It seems that there was like a, you know, kind of like a zip line kind of situation. There was a rope that was in the middle of the water, so you could kind of like jump and hold on to the rope and cross to the other side. And somehow he was able to get to the other side. Malu Tzaduki, so it was the Tzaduki who saw Reb Zera doing this. He says, "Am you guys are too anxious. You've always been too anxious, Klai Yisrael. You put your mouth before your ears. What does that mean that Klai Yisrael puts their mouth before the ears? What do we say? Nasev and Ishma. So Nasev and Ishma, we always say we're very proud of it. But the truth is, it's an impetuous thing, right? It, very, it seems a little bit... It's a little bit hurried to say that. You don't even know what you're, what you're committing to and you're already committing. So that's the same thing. You're running into Israel like, you're still very rash. You're still brazen. Just wait for the next boat. Like, chill, relax. You know, wait for the next boat. Eventually, someone will help will cross into Israel. You have to do that. You have to jump across the river and grab a rope and get to the other side. What are you doing, Rabzir? Amalei Rabzir said, Eretz Yisrael is very special. It's a place where we don't know if you're ever going to get to. Moshe and Aaron never got there, right? Moshe and Aaron died 
before they got to Eretz Yisrael. Who says, I'm ever going to be Zoycha to get there? So meaning if there are so many tzaddikim who didn't merit to get to Eretz Yisrael, if a person has an opportunity to get there, then you jump at it. You don't even wait for the next ferry. That's not, uh, that's not the perspective. Very interesting uh, response that he gives. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Abba Menashe Kipi Da Ako. Rabbi Abba would kiss the stones, the rocks in Ako. In other words, out of love for Eretz Yisrael, he would kiss those stones. Rabbi Chanina, when he came to Eretz Yisrael, so he was masakin all of the takalim, all of the obstacles, meaning an uneven pavement, maybe some rocks which would block out and cause people to trip. So what he used to do was he used to fix everything. Why is that? Because if you love a place, you want to make sure that everybody will enjoy it properly. You don't want somebody tripping on the street in Israel and getting hurt. If you really love Israel, you want want that happening to you on your home on your turf so to speak so therefore that was the way that he expressed his love they would stand up in the middle and go from the sunlight to the shade when it was too hot and from the shade to the sunlight if it was cold why because there was a yisoid we don't complain about Eretz Yisrael so they went out of their way to try to get the best of the climate of Eretz Yisrael. He would roll around in the dirt of Israel. Your servants have loved her stones. They have favored the dust in Eretz Yisrael. So this is, again, the Pashup Shad is that, you know, this is a reference to being buried in Eretz Yisrael. But this, they would take it literally rolling in the dirt of the dust of Israel. Says the Gemara, in the generation when Mashiach will come, there's going to be, you know, big problems with them. There's going to be a lot of people who are trying to hurt Torah scholars. It's not time that's going to happen. It's going to be decree after decree. Now, the idea that it's not just one thing, it's a, it's a recurring thing, and you get one thing you can, you, you can get past it, and then another worse thing comes along. And they're still in it, Asiria, a tenth of it, Vishava Baisalavara. Again, it will be purged again. So even whoever survives is going to be further, further hurt. Tanar of Yosef, Bazoze, Bazoze, Bazoze. They plunder, plunder, and plundered again. Seems to be again the same idea. Now the Gemara can, because that's a very tough thing to end on. The Gemara ends on something positive. Even the trees that are srak, srak are non fruit bearing trees, like plain fruit plain uh, wood trees that don't ordinarily make fruit, they're destined at one point to, in Israel to make fruit. A tree has made its fruit. The fig tree and the grapevine have made their wealth. So we're saying that basically the first part of the Pasuk, the tree has made its fruit. We're talking about a fruit tree because that comes from the end of the Pasuk. So we're saying it's talking about trees that don't usually make fruit. And the Azalavo in the future, even these trees will be able to... Um, to do that. It seems to be it's like Adam Arishon. Adam Arishon's time it used to be that way. There was no concept of a non-fruit bearing tree.